0: baby watch 2017 is still in process i thought i thought perhaps i was going to get to do an andy list episode which people have been asking for for a long time because andy's wife mercedes is not just pregnant but now overdue they were due on mother's day which would have been wonderful yeah but instead shepherd yes shep as we call him Shep to the Shep. Yep, he, he's, purred, he's purred. heard
1: far too much
0: going on outside the womb, and he's like, "No, nah, I'm good. He's good. I'm good." So it's uh, <laughs> it's four days. It's due date plus four today, and so we're on baby watch. We could get a call right now. Yep, and right now, and um, as the great Patch Adams, you know, would say, uh, "I'm a doctor at your cervix." okay so um <laughs> oh robin yeah I know. how seriously, we miss you seriously did you get that though yeah the cervix bar okay oh yeah, I, I did. yeah okay i did i didn't i didn't get it initially my wife had to explain it when we watched the movie so so i just have stored that one away <laughs> oh i thought it was an edm band uh, that's uh, probably that would be a, a great okay so um we're, we're cutting the small talk the ducks suck i mean so they did oh they that bro- wasn't even my small talk today they broke the curse and then now they're just going to get tromped by the predators. We'll see.
1: I'm I'm encouraged. I, we're doing what do okay. You, what do you mean? You've lost two. Yeah, we've lost two. But the gameplay has been has been good and solid. And I, I thought I actually thought it would look worse than it has. So okay. I'm a little I'm a little okay. hopeful now. Okay. Yep. I'm a little hopeful. I, I do have some sad news of a passing that has taken place in my life. However. Oh no. Um your love for uh, today, your love for beer my lo- no no that is incorrect your love for coffee so in addition unfortunately to uh chris can uh, chris cornell uh, passing Dude, uh, last night
0: Justy woke me up at 6:23 this morning yeah to say chris had passed yeah. and i'm like damn i know i was super right? bummed out right
1: yeah but my wife broke my chemex yesterday and so oh wow
0: <laughs> okay for those of you that don't know what this is this is dumb this is so there's coffee and then there's like highbrow coffee and then there's chemex where there's this process and it's dumb it's like baking coffee and sifting and sorting and 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 it's it's one of those things where people who have too much time and too much disposable income <laughs> get into stuff like this and, Un- and what can we say so untrue what can i we spend say? i spend so much and and you less money on and coffee. you think mercedes <laughs> accidentally broke this i think not my friend i think not we could interview her later and let's uh, let's get a witness so here's what i like all right so so um there's a guy named phil wickham who i've met and and we're fans and he's a he's a recording artist Mm -hmm. and um we heard uh andy forwarded me an email from his bass player which and we all know the bass player is really the the heart of the band yes and and it was a very encouraging email, but it, the, here was the signature line. All right, the signature line right at the end was "hockey is dumb," <laughs> comma Josh. You and look, so let me so let me tell first you about of dumb. All, First of all, Josh, if you are a regular podcaster, um, you get gold stars. But right now, I will I will gift you uh, a Patreon account just for for that simply signature line right there. That is amazing. <laughs> So, okay. So, Kimex, hockey, what were you going to say about dumb? Since we're on the topic, yeah, I was going to say, I'll say, speaking of dumb,
1: uh, Josh, I could point you to a playlist of podcasts of why people are leaving the church <laughs> in regards to uh, haze and smoke and lights on stage. Oh, whoa. whoa.
0: Josh, <laughs> okay. But but not your bass player, so you don't have any control over that. No, he doesn't. He doesn't. He just is the heart <laughs> of the band. All That's right. right. We're going to start today in, in a regular series that we're going to do called Embarrassed by the Bible. And I've been threatening this series for a while, but it's passages that cause us embarrassment. Um, so, so you know, it's Noah's Ark, it's the Nephilim, it's the. Uh, today we're going to look at uh, wives submit to your husbands, talking donkeys. Uh, yes. So, so what we want to do is, you know, we talk a lot about the Bible and we talk a lot about approaching the Bible, and and I thought it'd be it'd be fun to to just look at some of these crazy passages over the course of the next few months and you know it'll be hit or miss because as stuff comes up i really want to talk about the the jerry falwell jr uh, tweeting that trump is um are the the evangelicals uh the the dream president (laughs) and and um i mean there's still so much there but i'm kind of worried about tackling it because i think people are just fatigued from all of that um but I want to talk about this whole religious liberty thing and about eradicating this amendment and and you know turning churches into political a- activist centers, which I think would be horribly damaging. So I mean, there's still a lot to talk about that's going on out in the world. But uh, we thought we thought we'd kick it off with uh, wives submit to your husbands, and so uh, uh, these passages are are kind of the passages that I get questions about a lot. So here's a question we got about this one. Can you explain submission slash the love and respect dichotomy described in Ephesians 5? Ephesians is a book of the Bible. I want to follow and obey God, but I've seen many poor examples of men abusing their power and women being disrespected in marriages. Yes. Uh, what does it mean to submit to a husband? Should love and respect go both ways? Absolutely. Does a man actually have the final say? As a single person, marriage doesn't sound that appealing if if in the end my opinion isn't as important as a man. Shouldn't all disagreements be discussed and both parties compromise at times? I would think having a mentality of submission authority would be detrimental to healthy and functioning relationships. Hmm. Great question, uh, single person. I think that is really good and it sounds like you're a woman. Uh, cause men normally don't ask about this <laughs> <laughs> weird. So I know, I know, <laughs> shocking. So, um, so I'm going to do, I, I want to do a little bit of background. And, and so first of all, I want to read the part of Ephesians that you're referencing so I can reference it back. It's Ephesians 5, uh, 21. Uh, it says, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ Wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body, of which he is the Savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so wives should submit to their husbands in everything. How much of things does that leave out? None things. None things. So so that's pretty clear. None more black. Right. The then, I don't know what, oh, okay, got it. I was like, whoa. um <laughs> then then Paul goes on. Uh, Paul's the writer of Ephesians. He says, husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any blemish, but holy and blameless in the same way husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one hated their own body, but they feed and care for their body. So, this is the the husbands are to love, wives are to submit. So this is the question, how in the world does that work in a healthy, uh, functioning relationship? Now, there's a whole bunch of background that, that I've got to assume that I'm just going to briefly summarize going into this, all right? And then we'll get to the text. First, um, you never, ever, ever, ever take a verse like this or, or some of the passages we'll look at just out of the overall narrative structure of the Bible. We've said the Bible is fundamentally a story of what God's doing in the world. And so for me, I, the, the joke is I always start in Genesis because um, uh, to me, the, the, the relationship between male and female begins in Genesis. And so I've talked about this before, and I know loads of folks disagree, but in Genesis 1 and 2, I don't see a hint of hierarchy between the man and the woman. Some people disagree with that and see hierarchy in the naming. We've talked about that before. Um, Instead, I see in Genesis 1, male, female being uh, created as both image bearers, equal in vocation and honor and dignity, and the reflecting of what God is like to the world. Uh, In Genesis 2, I see either a a man who is uh, gendered or... um, an ungendered man. So, so either androgynous or just not gendered, uh, you know, split into male and female. Not good that the man is alone. I will create a woman to be his helper. But the word helper, of course, is the word ezer, very powerful, strong word. Rescuer is the better translation. So, um, and, and, and the man doesn't name the woman until God has decreed in Genesis 3 Um, the, the woman, her desire will be for a husband and the husband will rule over her. So to me, hierarchy is a result of the fall of their sin. And, Mm. um, and so, so ultimately what I'm going to argue is Ephesians, the whole submit is the opposite. So, so let me, let me go to Genesis three real quick. Your desire for your husband, the word desire in Hebrew is the same word that's used in Genesis four about sin's desire to master a guy named Cain. And so here it means it's not sexual desire. We wish that were true. Instead, it's her desire will be to master the man and the man will desire to rule over her physically, uh, by strength of domineering personality, you know, whatever. So instead of this beautiful complementarity um, of inequality, we have now a power struggle. And uh, and so what, what I think Paul is arguing is Paul is arguing um, the reversal of that power struggle. So instead of con- the st- instead of mastering and controlling, it's submitting, and instead of ruling, it's loving. And so ultimately, that's where I'm going to go with this sucker. Dang. So Paul actually turns Dang. out to be way more. Instead of hating women, Paul actually turns out to be revolutionary in his own way. So so the first assumption I'm carrying into this is that God's intention wasn't for hierarchy. Um, it was for complementarity and egalitarian, <laughs> egalitarian, egalitarian equality is the word I'm looking for. So that's the first thing. Uh, the second thing is um, that in in the um, in the Roman and Greek world, all right, uh, there were things called household codes. We've talked about these in an earlier podcast, where a guy named Aristotle argued that the household and really the city depends on three relationships master-slave, uh, husband-wife, uh, father-child. And uh, and so household codes were expressions of moral ordering. and And we've talked about this a bunch. Paul, like any good missionary, writes into a culture in its context while at the same time planting the seeds for its revolution. And, uh, and for its overthrow. And so I think what Paul's doing is operating within the household structure, but reordering it now around Christ and planting the seeds for the overthrow of the household mm-hmm. structure and, and the way it was classically understood. So the example we used many podcasts ago was a woman in Saudi Arabia who's not allowed to drive, um, you know, who can't receive an education, who's under the authority of whatever male, whether it's an uncle or a dad or a brother or husband coming to Christ and reading oh my goodness i don't have to wear head coverings and i'm i'm there in christ there's no male and female and and you know totally free and yet to reach her culture and to not be persecuted in a way that would extinguish gospel opportunity she wears the head covering mm-hmm. you know she respects the authority not because she thinks she's under it but because it advances the gospel paul Paul, the reason Paul gives household codes the way that he does is because his primary concern is advancing the message of Jesus within the culture in which he found himself. Mm. So he's doing two things. Number one, he is, he is on the one hand expressing, um, adherence to the cultural norms so that Christianity would gain a hearing. And not be ruled, you know, a dangerous occult, uh, whatever it is, right. And at the same time, he's reordering these um household codes around the new humanity present in Jesus. Mm-hmm. Okay, so do you um to push this forward with that? So because do you
1: think the misunderstanding is often when we approach this stuff is that we read it as them advocating for what you're pointing out the difference. Well, what, he's what, doing,
0: yes, he is advocating.
1: Right. But what, what he's, he's advocating for something different than we assume. Correct. Like we, we usually hear like, if Correct. someone talks about master or slave in the Bible, we assume it's advocating for it rather than observing its norm. Correct.
0: If you're, day. if you're a missionary in a polygamous culture, we talk about this all the time. The first battle you're, you're going to fight. Is it polygamy? Mm-hmm. The first battle is, is God real? Right. Right. Does a God exist? Is it one God or is it many gods? And you might
1: refer to polygamy in the conversation. Absolutely. And the the misunderstanding is like, well, aren't you advocating for it because you're referencing it? No. Yep. Okay.
0: No, Paul, Paul, and that's where Paul gets really misunderstood. These guys are missionaries speaking into cultures that were either hostile or apathetic. And like any missionary, Paul is doing two things. He's using the current structure. Um, so, and, 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 advocating adherence. I mean, he even says this to slaves. He says, slaves, obey your masters, um, to make the gospel more attractive, mm-hmm. And so, I mean, and it's radical to individualized Americans because nothing should get in the way of my rights, my destiny, my self-fulfillment. For Paul, it was, no, no, you subsume all of that to what advances the gospel. Mm-hmm. So, so you have to understand, Paul and Colossians and here and other places, he does these household codes, but he's doing them in a context that isn't our context. And secondly, he's doing them for missionary reasons. We did a whole podcast on this, so I don't want to say too much Great. more. So, that, so first context is the Old Testament. Second context is the missionary context and thrust that Paul is, is speaking into. The third context is the book of Ephesians itself. And so in, in Ephesians, uh, earlier in, um, you know, they didn't have chapter divisions and, and so on. Earlier, oops, that's my mom. Hey, mom. Hello? Hey, you're uh we're podcasting right now, so you will be uh you'll be live to 50,000 people next uh next week. So, you want to say anything? <laughs> I love you very much, son, and I'm very proud of you. Have you been <laughs> have, have you been drinking again? Mom, have you been I just want to I that's, that's that's our daily call. It is too early in okay. the day. Okay. Okay. But, but if, later. If that is if that is your wish. <laughs> I can handle it. All right. I'll call you later, baby. Well, do it because I have an offer on my house. Whoa, whoa, hey, whoa. Okay. All right. Bye. bye. Ladies and gentlemen, that's mama Rita right there. Oh yeah. Um. So that's awesome. Mama Rita. All yep. right. Where were we? Oh, Ephesians. Ephesians. Yes. So, um, didn't have chapter divisions and paragraphs and all those sorts of things. So the, this, this phrase uh, that we just looked at, submit um, to one another out of reverence for Christ, is actually grammatically connected to something that happens earlier. Uh, in uh, 5.18, Paul says, um, be filled with the Spirit. And um, and then, then there are five, oh man, participles I, um, that indicate what happens when you are filled with the Spirit. Okay, right after that. And one of them is you speak to one another, you sing, you make music, you give thanks. And then the fifth one is that you submit to one another. So one of the results, one of the... Um, one of the things that happens in a spirit, Holy Spirit filled community, is that you submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. So, so first, this whole conversation about submitting is connected to this idea of, of not being drunk with wine, but being filled with the spirit, you know, like my mother. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Mama Ritaville. Mama Ritaville, exactly. <laughs> yes, exactly right. Now, um, and, and not only that, but verse. Um, verse 22 is that says, wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do to the Lord is grammatically linked to verse 21, which says to submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Mm-hmm. So I need to say this again, man, I'm blowing up, dog. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ is verse 21 Verse 22, wives submit yourselves to your husbands. Okay, now that's how it reads in English. I'm looking at Greek, Andy can Whoa. Yep. Well, we got, we got slides going on in here. Interlinear, but <laughs> interlinear, where the Greek is on top and the English is literal, literally placed underneath. Verse 21 reads in uh if you're just transliterating this, submit one another in reverence of Christ. And then here's verse 22, the wives to their own husbands as to the Lord now notice submit one another in reverence of christ comma the wives to their own husbands mm-hmm. what's missing there here's my english translation wives or submit to one another in reverence for christ wives submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do to the lord that's what it says in english mm-hmm. here's what it says in greek submit one another in reverence of christ the wives to their own husbands what's missing uh
1: okay so i was trying to track i couldn't okay let yeah, me say it again yeah
0: uh, everyone's out there shouting at you that yes, you missed I know. this obvious. Okay, in English, right? My English Bible says, "Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ." Wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands. Yourselves? Nope. The Greek, submit one another in reverence of Christ. The wives to their own husbands. What's missing there? My brain is shutting down. Yeah, I, it I, is. I, I can't. I can't okay. track. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you see why, why I was hoping this was Andy List today. <laughs> Um, <laughs> what's missing is this command to submit in verse twenty two okay, yeah, okay, yeah. so so it it literally my English Bible says uh, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ and then wives submit to your husbands. yes, okay, but in Greek, it reads, submit one another in reverence of Christ, wives to your own husbands. In other words, you cannot separate, you cannot pull out verse twenty two which says wives submit to your own husbands without first reading verse 21 which is the predominant expression Mm. of uh spirit filledness or one of the expressions of spirit filledness in the community is the submission of one another Mm -hmm. in reverence to christ and the word here used for one another is a word uh that i've read is used of equals so the the general principle is that christians should submit to one another yeah and then as an example wives do this to your husbands do you see how how much that changes the argument? Absolutely. So so instead of just ripping a verse that says, hey, wives, submit to your husbands on everything, it's no, no, no. It actually says, hey, submit to one another in reverence of Christ. And, mm-hmm. and as an example, wives do this to your husbands. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, so that, so, so that is a big deal. First. So, so that's the first thing is that grammatically you can't separate these two verses. Yeah. You have to say, because the, the verse literally just reads wives to their own husbands. Right. Okay. Well, right. what would what, what, wives to your husbands? What? Yeah. Well, so you have to borrow the submit word that was just used in the previous verse. And that word is used in the context of submitting to each other. Right. Cause we would say in, in common uh, Christian
1: subcultures and teaching cultures you know if they don't do the homework right they just grab that one verse and try right. to apply it to audience context it, it to your point it simply does not work if
0: you're actually doing your it's good greek study oh, of course backboning yep. of course backboning now so that's the first thing the second the second word is or the second thing to, to think about in in terms of the specific text is the word submit and and the way i i've come to understand the word submit um, is is very different from, I don't know, just the doormat, you know, it's, or, or whatever the, the word submit um, is uh, it, it's to place under in an orderly fashion. Yeah. So to submit means to place under in an orderly fashion. So it's intentional. Uh, it's a choice I make. But, and, and it's done thoughtfully, but it's to place under. Now, what are you placing under? Well, it it seems as if you're placing your interests under the interests of another person. So you're placing the interests of another person over your own interests, Mm -hmm. which Paul says in other places like Philippians, that that's, that's what Jesus did. And that's what we should all do to each other. So this kind of flows the idea. So it's like when I'm, when I need to get somewhere fast, and and i'm dealing with stoplights, right there's nothing physically stopping me right right? i could blow through a red light and there's not there's no barrier there's nothing but in the interest of you know traffic safety and in interest of my health and the health of others i place my desire to get somewhere quickly under obedience to the traffic laws yeah makes sense yes so i've just submitted to the traffic laws yes so it's not it's not a passive it's not a um, doormat it's a intentional placing under my interests and placing over someone else's interests above my own yes now so so it, it, the word submit even doesn't mean the person has the final say it doesn't see that's reading into the text here it mm-hmm. just simply says hey. At the general practice of disciples of Jesus who are filled with the Spirit is to place the well-being of others ahead of their own well-being. Wives, do this to your husbands, as unto the Lord. Right. Right? And do this in everything. Yeah. Now, that's still, that still could sting and go, okay, well, you know, you've softened it a little bit, but it still just seems very ridiculous. Mm-hmm. In the the culture of that day, and we could spend loads of time here. I mean, Ephesus was known for the worship of a goddess called Artemis and And Artemis was a fertility goddess, among other things. And there was this month called the Artemisia, Artemision, um, one of those is the temple. One of those is the month-long celebration um, where you would just engage as a man in sexual infidelity with as many temple prostitutes as possible because the way to get a fertility goddess to act fertile on your behalf is to, you know, that's what you did to worship. And, mm-hmm. you know, such a bummer that doesn't happen today. <laughs> and, no. Well, it, have you heard of Burning a, Man? Uh, oh, that's, well, okay. <laughs> okay, there you... I, I stand corrected. Now, um, so, so... The worship of artemis is a a part in what paul is writing here also the way that that greek and roman women were were seen i mean they were seen primarily as raisers of the household i mean they they weren't i mean you you know i have so many quotes um you know one greek writer said we have um courtesans or prostitutes for pleasure we have had maidens for the day-to-day care of the body and we have wives to bear legitimate children Hmm. right that's that that you you kind of owed them um, under Roman law, a roof over their head, the opportunity to bear children. I mean, that was it. You didn't mm. owe them anything. You didn't owe them date nights and love languages and you know none of that. Right. So the revolutionary part of Paul's writing here wasn't, "Hey, wives, submit to your husbands." I mean, that duh. That's that's what wives were there for. Mm. I mean, it was codified in Roman law that the 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 man was the head of the house and had the power of life and death in some instances over the members of the house. Mm. Right. I mean, this was not. This was like no duh yeah the thing that was revolutionary is that is that when Paul Paul does just doesn't just stop at wives, but he spends like three or four more w- times more more words on husbands yeah than than the wives. So the revolutionary part wasn't wives submit to your husbands. the revolutionary part was husbands love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her oh, now see and and there was a reason why women were way more into early christianity than men and this is one of them (laughs) because the 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 command to love your wives as you would love yourself which he says later in this passage but here just as christ loved the church and gave himself up for her so so that was revolutionary that a husband would owe his wife love and not just any kind of love self-sacrificial Love. Mm-hmm. And then he uses this word head. Um, you know, he says, uh, the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church. Great. Well, what's that mean? And there's a big debate uh, over is head, does head mean source of, does head mean authority over? That's for another time. But here, the idea of head, Paul ties to sacrifice because it, just as Christ, Christ, the husband is head of the wife as Christ is Christ's head of the church. And what did christ do just as christ loved the church and gave himself up for her mm-hmm. so whatever headship means in this passage headship doesn't mean final decision headship means head sacrificer yeah the head blesser the uh the head um uh lover head submitter right I mean, even, even so, if that sounds correct so so what you've got is you've got first paul saying hey number one um one of the things that will happen in a spirit-filled community is that people will submit to one another out of reverence for christ and wives do this to your husbands because the husband is the head of the wife and you should do this in everything Mm -hmm. but husbands love your wives and your headship should be expressed in the sacrificial love the 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 same sacrificial love that jesus had for the church your sacrificial love should emulate that Mm -hmm. oh my lord Mm -hmm. now this okay now no one was saying this Right. None of the Aristotelian household codes that I know of had that attached to it. Right. Right. So, so Paul, far from being a woman hater was, was elevating and calling men to account. I mean, this was a, this was a super big deal. And he, he not only, you know, talks about, okay, the word submit, what that means and one another and reverence and wives submit to your husbands and to the Lord. But think about if hierarchy was, is this the the gardeners of course (laughs) of course um if hierarchy was the result of the fall your desire will be for your husband and he will rule over you what's the opposite of ruling serving yeah and what's the opposite of trying to master submitting Mm. right yeah well there you go okay so so he's playing within the household codes in order to, so that the gospel has a hearing, but he's revolutionizing the, the household codes without overturning them. Right, right. Because it, would it seem
1: that if if Paul was to say, if you were to, if you were to suggest like a, a suggest equivocal sacrifice, right, you om- you wouldn't you wouldn't give that to wives because of. Of to your point, in that particular culture, men could decide life or death depending on certain circumstances. Correct. So for a woman at that time to quote-unquote sacrifice herself in that right. way wouldn't wouldn't pertain to was, any value. No, it was just assumed. Right, but then, exactly. So therefore, if a man was then to actually sacrifice his self-interest for the sake right. of love, right. for the sake of submitting to his wife, perhaps might call him away from and a lot of the stuff happening in Ephesus absolutely. that you laid out. And, okay. he-
0: and here's the thing that's so interesting. Paul writes to, to husbands... Fathers and masters. Mm -hmm. That's all one person in the household. Okay. That's just the guy. Got it. Yeah. Okay. And then he writes to wives, children, and slaves. Mm -hmm. And and when you look at what is being instructed there, I mean, you're seeing uh, boundaries that just simply didn't exist around the authority of the man. So if Paul were writing this stuff today, he would still want us to submit to one another out of reverence for christ why because that's the predominant way christians are to relate what about a husband and wife you know would he argue headship in the same way i don't think he would i I don't i used to think so i used to think headship reflected the ordering of creation i don't buy that argument anymore i think the scripture teaches the ordering of creation was male female equality therefore you know for my wife and i we have uh, a relationship where there there are parts of spiritual headship that I carry, there are parts that she carries. There are parts of running the household that she carries. There are parts that I carry, and it's not based on our maleness or femaleness. It's based on our giftedness. Mm. What, what are the gifts that God's given us, mm-hmm. right? And it's it's bla- it's based on uh, a bit of calling as well, right? So I do the finances not because I'm the man, but because I was a finance guy. Yeah. Um, uh, my wife cooks. Um, not because she's a woman, uh, but because, um, I cannot, (laughs) (laughs) um, uh, you know, I mean, it's that sort of thing. So, Hmm. so we have a traditional marriage in, in, you know, a regard that it's a, a a husband and a wife and our kids. And we talk about things and there, there there've been times my wife has just deferred to me in decision-making, but that's not in any way, shape, or form because I'm a man and she's a woman. Yeah. It's because that's the way our particular relationship is cashed out. Now, I know other relationships where the woman is uh, a total prayer warrior, the man is not, So, but the man is the spiritual head of the household. Well, what's the, I don't even know what that means. Yeah. What, where do you get that in terms of what we pack it with? Now, okay, man is head of the household. Okay. I mean, I can see where you could pull that out of Ephesians, mm-hmm. but... Um, the only thing I can pull out of that is head sacrificer. I yeah. don't pull like head decision maker out of that. I don't pull like breadwinner out of that. Right. Um, so I just see these sort of, and and we all do hmm. this, but we add layers of extra biblical stuff. And the goal is to always try to wipe as much of that away as possible. So you see the heart of the text and the heart of this text um, clearly is uh to put the beauty of jesus on display by how we treat each other and the primary unit for how we treat each other is the household Mm -hmm. so in my view, um, I, I actually think rather than being uh, a source of embarrassment, I think this text is beautiful. And we're not even getting into the analogy that Paul is making between husband and wife and Jesus and the church. Right. So that the point of marriage isn't even marriage. Mm-hmm. The point of marriage is to actually advance the gospel, mm-hmm. to give a living, breathing picture. I mean, just think about it. How hard is it to submit to somebody who you know would die for you in an instant? And how hard is it to love somebody who's, who's placing her... Um, her interests below the interests of you. I mean, again, now that don't stereotype this or extend it too far, but like that sort of self-giving love between two people is a picture of the self-giving love that God has in Himself through Father, Son, and Spirit. I mean, that's right. that's the idea. Yeah, and this whole it, it's it's such a fascinating.
1: It really is truly for me a fascinating conversation because, like, I mean, there's. There's so much going on even in um, other sects of Christian subculture with, you know... That's
0: S-E-C-T-S. Yes,
1: correct. Where, you know, you have um, all these very powerful male speakers speaking to guys and being like, we got to step up in the household and, yeah. you know, you're the head. So these are the things you should be doing. But it's so interesting because what you say, though, because I, I feel... But what like, are the things? Right. Because some of those things seem contrary to this. Like, for, for example, like to overly define spiritual house... Holdness, right. headness. How about, how about this? Right. If
0: you're if you're wondering what, how you should step up, how about this? Be the first one to apologize. I mean that, that seems like head sacrificer. Mm-hmm. Uh, if there's if you're a family of four and there's food for three, you're the one that goes without.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, how about that? Yeah. Like, let's spell it out that way instead of authoritarian. Yes. Right, and because authoritarian just mirrors the culture Paul was writing into.
1: Right. Well, and it's funny because I don't, and in certain ways, I think what I'm saying too is that I, I think our culture isn't. While some of the practices that supported that aspect of patriarchy, it it's just different now. But I can totally
0: see it in our culture Absolutely. in a lot of different ways. And let's say, I mean, let's take you and Mercedes. Uh oh. Well, I know, I know, because I know stuff. <laughs> I know, so I got secrets. No, I mean, so so if if a Christian woman is raised to believe that the man is the spiritual leader and a Christian man is raised to believe that he's the spiritual leader, but then they get together and all of a sudden the man realizes the woman is a sinner and the woman realizes the man is a sinner and not just any sinner, but very specifically has very sp- specific weaknesses and, and addictions or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, how can you not help but be disappointed in how that whole thing's going to cash out, right? Yep. Because you we're packing spiritual leader with things that I'm not quite sure. Yes. So so as a man, yep. am I held accountable for the spiritual condition of my house? Well, sure. So mm-hmm. is my wife. Right. <laughs> I mean, as parents we That's one of our obligations mm-hmm. and and do I feel an obligation to love and respect and serve my wife? Yeah, I promise that I would. Mm-hmm. I see that in in the scriptures about how Jesus treats the church of course, absolutely, but I don't do it because I 'm a man. I do it because I'm a disciple of Jesus right and out of that discipleship comes how do I do husbanding in a way that honors jesus how do i do mm-hmm. How do I do uh, parenting in a way that honors Jesus right and that also is very specific to my set of gifts and non gifts yes. Because you'd it,
1: even be specific about like where I sit and all that. Because, yeah, like, I, I I think I often feel an overwhelming sense of disappointment because I have this own picture of what I was supposed to look like as a husband, right. which in some ways was affirmed in some of Mercedes' expectations of Absolutely. what I would be like. Right. And I get into this now, and I'm actually married. And we've talked about relational transformation, like becoming a husband and then fulfilling becoming a That's husband. Right. That's right. It, I, you know, I think a lot of us assumed turnkey the second i got married that i was going to be able to be that kind of person you know but it's as i've you know as i'm you know seven years in almost here to marriage it's like yeah do i pray every single night for my family no do i pray every single day for my kids no do i find myself like suffering from sloth Sugar. and laziness and other things like that absolutely and it's chemex and I addiction. Think, you know my addiction to chemex and specialty slow pour coffee i mean it's it's i guess But to your point, though, where do I seek my conviction to action? Because if I, it seems that if I were to um, frame that through trying to be reactive and responsive to Mercedes' disappointment in me for not doing that, I feel like I'll constantly just arrive at more disappointment as things goes on. Yeah, absolutely. But if I'm, but if to your point, if I'm trying to orient my to try to be like well what is what is Jesus doing here what advances gospel like how am I driven towards that right. and then how do I find relational fulfillment in my Christ likeness and husbandness it, it seems what you're saying is that that becomes my new direction because I think right. totally, what I do see in a lot of friends that I have and family and other conversations happening out there is you're, you're always running up against reactiveness between the husband and wife. Well, if she's like this, then you need to be like this, and this is expected of you, so you should be like this, right. rather than this conversation of what is you know what is Jesus doing in this conversation you know with you and him That's you know right. what is those in because I think if both parties were oriented towards that, the role play and conviction looks different instead of looking at each other and bouncing off each other in in disappointment and reaction. Instead, it's like, how do we best serve each other toward a gospel fulfillment? Exactly.
0: Yes, yes, yes. So so part of the marriage becomes learning my wife and what she needs, what communicates respect, what communicates delight, what communicates joy to her. And that's different from Mercedes. Yes. And, and growing into the kind of man which has taken me years and now i'm perfect growing into the kind of man that desires to be a blessing to my wife Mm -hmm. and knowing that that out of that blessedness comes all the all the goods that you would want it's like sleep if you're aiming at sleep you'll never get it or Mm -hmm. happiness if you're aiming at happiness you'll never get it but if you're aiming at something bigger Mm -hmm. you'll get that and and realize oh we've got a great relationship too right and so so for me To know that i am held accountable for how i love and treat my wife um, without having predispositions towards well i've got to do this role because i'm a man and she's got to do this role as a woman and no i mean do i think women in general can be better at some things and men in general can be better at other things sure i I have no issue with the fact that men and women are complementary to each other love that right we're not identical hallelujah for that but but there has to be permission for the exceptions, right? You you sit you sit around some women and they are just tigers, and they married a guy who's very quiet. Mm-hmm. And and you know if you're if you're this big authoritarian guy, then you're saying, well, the guy's got to run that show. And right. yet and yet you know and you're emasculating the guy if he doesn't. Right, I'm just like ah. I'm not, I want to be really careful with that. Yeah. I don't know that that's always true. Yeah, and,
1: and that's what I'm talking. And that's exactly what I'm talking about. And it, it seems like there's just been this straight line of like, that's, that's taken place in our, our contemporary culture that suggests that that's the only way to, to really fulfill this idea of, of spiritual headship in the household. And I'm just, it's I'm not am with, the with only you way. and I'm like, they, they just can't be. And can't maybe be some
0: ways, maybe, you know, maybe there are, and I've met couples that have very good defined roles that are traditional yeah hallelujah right it's just when we become prescriptive for everybody that i just say ah that's not really submitting to one another out of reverence yes. for christ that's just submitting to an ideal mm-hmm. that i don't see directly from the text in all of its facets yes so i think that's the bigger issue now yep. now for our single ladies um you know Does does the guy even hint that he's capable of growing into this kind of person? You know, how he treats you when you're dating. So when he's embarrassed, when he's angry, um, when he's too frisky, you know, I mean, how does he even open himself up or present himself as somebody capable of placing his needs and well-being under your needs and well-being mm-hmm. um, and, and in some cases you know the, the, you know god and, and time and crisis can change somebody no question but if you're sitting there you're a woman you're asking this question and you're saying well you know i mean i, I see some christian guys who just play the well I'm the head of the household card well flee um, if they're if they're packing that in ways that aren't biblical But there's the other side of, you know, I mean, we just prolong adolescence now. And, um, you know, if the guy's 35 and living at home, playing video games all day and working at Domino's, maybe not a guy that, you know, I mean, now I I live in my house playing video games and I wouldn't mind Domino's, but, you know, um, my point isn't the specific job. My point is, does this person give any indication that they're the kind of person that either... um, uh, because of the the who who they are naturally, or because of what Jesus is doing in them, um, can be this kind of person, mm-hmm. right? You've got to see glimpses of it, or you should just get the heck out, right? Because that's the invitation. The invitation isn't uh, to fulfill some predetermined roles. the The invitation is as we're filling um, out our marriage and feeling out our relationship, and and how we're going to do money and how we're going to do parenting. Is there the general tenor that we submit to each other when, um, you know, if our, if our well-beings conflict, mm-hmm. um, if that's, if that's true, if you get glimpses of that in dating, man, that is a wonderful, wonderful thing. Mm-hmm. And, and for dudes to learn to be the kind of dude where head sacrificer doesn't throw you off,
1: right. you know,
0: um, head, a uh, garbage taker out or head forgiver. I mean, whatever it is, um, that's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. So, so. Again, I mean, there's loads to disagree with textually. Marriage therapists could throw all kinds of stuff in here. We just wanted to to do a little work on this very embarrassing passage and to say, ah, I think there's more room here for what Paul's doing than kind of normally expressed. So uh, anyway, to that end, would love your feedback. Would love your uh, suggestions about why you're embarrassed. Like we got a great question last week about Noah. And she, uh, this person, I don't know if it's a she, but this person said, I have two pre-Christian friends who will not believe the Jesus story because of Noah and the ark. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. All right. So let's spend some time on that. Yeah. We Um, we had
1: another one come in this week too, related to the idea of
0: embarrassed by the Bible. Like, what do you mean by that? So we'll, we'll address that. I think with that episode too. Okay. That's good. All right. So my brothers and sisters, um, bless you. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord shine his face upon you. Be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance to you and may he give you peace. We're found uh, at voxpodcast.com. Uh, our community is voxoc.com. Um, and um, man, that's all I got. If you want to support us, uh, Patreon. Uh, we have a um, just a very gracious community of people who are supporting us and I'm buying books and studying for Revelation and we're taking ground on that. So I've got about 20 podcasts that are about... Ooh. Well, they're they're probably 30% ready. Okay. Wow. But- but yeah, I mean, you can't, I can't just write one at a time. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, there's just, I mean, and, and this is all prep. We're yeah. not even to the text yet. I mean, this is all like theme of Revelation and author of Revelation. I mean, it's like, oh my Lord. So this yeah. is a monster. But all that is to say, That's it's, good. it's so fun. Yeah, d- definitely take some time to check out
1: um, our website. We've added some a few things, a new Ooh. featured section where you can kind of go through everyone that we've had on our show as guests. Yep. And then I'll also be um, adding on a little section to break things down by topic. So. Uh, because of some of SoundCloud's features, we could playlist content. So I'll, I'll be making more direct links where on the site you can click uh, topic. And then from there, you'll get to see everything we've talked about regarding women in leadership. Embarrassed by the oh, Bible will become a new so it'll become topic serious. playlist. So it, you can kind of jump in and, and grab um, these big conversations, at least hit them one at a time instead of scrolling through the entire podcast feed trying to find yeah. uh, one one at a time episodes on, on a lot of this stuff. So um, great. That's it. That's it. Alright. Till next time. Hey, thanks for listening to the Vox Podcast. Learn more about us at VoxPodcast.com. Follow us on Twitter at the Vox Podcast. And now support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash VoxPodcast.